0: Welcome to the Legacy of Our African American Lives Podcast, where our stories become oral histories created to uplift, empower, and enrich the next generation. Well, I've been saying this often, and I'm sure you guessed it. Our next guest is another one of my cousins. Today, I would like to welcome Brian Petway to the podcast. Brian is the son of Ella Maxine Petway and John Perkin Petway. Brian, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, cousin.
0: So happy to have you. So I'm going to let you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, and then I want you to tell us some of your
1: memories from G's Ben.: My name is Brian Petway, Sr. I have three children, Brian Petway, Jr., Braden Jameer uh, Petway, and Bria Marie Petway. And I'm married to Letitia Petway. That's my wife, but she would like me to say Letitia Bowens Petway, but I don't want to say that. Uh, I'm going to say Letiche Petway. <laughs> right. No, just being funny. But that's my wife. My father is John Perkin Petway Jr. Grandfather is John Perkin Petway Sr. And my grandmother is Mary, Marie, or Mary, uh, however you want to pronounce it. She was a, a Mooney. That was her maiden name, I believe. And she's married to my grandfather, John Perkin Petway Sr. So she's Mary Petway. And she was a, a very integral part in the Quilt and Bee. My memories of these start when I was about 12. The the fondest memory that I have, and it was the most important one was my dad and my mom had got invited to Africa. Mother's uh, sister invited us to Africa. And my dad decided it'd be a great opportunity for me to get to know my grandfather, my grandmother. You know, So he said, instead of me going to Africa, disappointment, but not really. He uh, said, we're going to drive his butt off down south. But anyway, I'm glad he did. But one of the weirdest things was on the way there, so excited, couldn't wait to get there. And as usual, that the trip to G's been always started on that dirt road to my grandmother, my grandfather's house. And my dad, he would literally jump out of his old skin, when I say older, like man skin, and blow the horn like a kid in the candy store. Can't wait to get home to see his mama and his father, but his mama really. For some reason, I discovered at that point that I was supposed to be a comedian because I was able to imitate or uh, my grandmother and how she greeted her son, one of her favorites, old buddy, right? And that's what they called my grand, my, my father, one of his nicknames, Buddy. And my grandmother, she had a little role to it, like, old oh, Buddy. And I loved it. I saw how he lit up when she called his name. I said, oh, that he your mama's boy, just like me. He, and he loved his mother, trust me. His father, too, my grandfather. And here's the other part of it. Everywhere I went in the band, they, boy, you look just like your granddaddy. Just like old Perkin. Just like old Perkin, right? And I was like, what everybody would say it, old Perkin. Many years later, uh, me and my grandfather took a picture side by side and head by head, everything. Literally, same complexion, same smile, same everything. Anyway, my granddaddy, we had such a special relationship. He said very little words, a man of very little words. We had a special bond. He actually came to see me in college. By himself, pulled up. I said, "Yo, that looked like my grandfather." I was so excited because he had a white Cadillac and he was smooth with his clothes, slick. He pulls up in my, in my driveway, pulls up, pops the trunk. My granddaddy, but yeah, from from the hole, comes to Tuskegee, pops the trunk. He got a half a case of uh, beer, and it's, it's like somebody took a, 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 a knife to the to the to the case and cut it right in half. Cause he got the handle on it but it's open face and his favorite liquor jack Daniels. what so listen <laughs> me and my grandpa he came and, and 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 listen he hit me in the hand like you know you shake somebody hand. so it was like a roll of, of, of singles but i said oh shoot you know what i mean like because he came to give me some money i said my grandfather done hit me on you know what I mean? i'm excited right and I ain't counting because I ain't gonna be disrespectful. So I just threw it in my pocket. And um, he, you know, I said, you wanna drink? So I fixed him a drink. And he was like, No, 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 we ain't gonna drink. He so, said, No, 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 we're gonna go. I'm taking you to Montgomery. So we can go to Montgomery together. So to see your aunts and my daughters. So that part, that part was such a trip for me. You know what I'm saying? To spend time with my granddaddy. And he ain't say much. <laughs> But we rode in his Cadillac, and he was so happy to have me with him, like his road dog, you know what I mean? And that started our little escapades together for that summer. Me and him hung out. Listen here. I had no clue how cool my grandfather really was until we hung out. And we didn't say much, you understand? Like, he had this blue pickup truck that everybody knew. My grandfather, he was a stonemason by trade, so he laid foundations. And the blessing was, many years later, before he passed, we get the call, and my uncle, Bap, me and Bap, no lie, took the whole stroll of where my grandfather had laid foundations all throughout the whole, through Camden and everything. You talking about a proud moment? Because in terms of Black history, to hear it from one of his sons, from the rooter to the tutor, and to hear how my grandfather was regarded in the store when slavery and black folks didn't have no rights and whatever, and money was very scarce, my uncle told me a story. And i never forget it, and it makes me proud to this day, of a man's labor is his worth, you understand, and his word is his bond. All you are is what you say you can be, you understand? If you don't deliver, you're a disappointment to yourself and to others, period, point blank. Now, the story was told, Mr. Petway would walk into the store, the general store, and here go that, Mr., I'm not going to be racial, but I, you know who I am the Mr. Hey, Mr. Petway, how are you? Oh, and he let it be known. Mr. Petway was in the store. What you need, Mr. Petway? Get Mr. Petway whatever he need. Now, to hear from a son, you can imagine how proud my Uncle Bat was to see his father regarded with such, you know what I'm saying, reverence during that time. And no money down. Walked in with nothing. Walked out with all he needed. Maybe not everything. But more than what he had, and his word was his bond. That's what I'm talking about. That's what makes me a proud Patway. That's what makes G's Benz for me. At that point, unfortunately, it was the best and worst of times for me, because I got to really know my grandmother. And at 12, she literally let me get the keys to her car, Plymouth Horizon. And this is what it all. is. This is how I learned how to drive. And it's still in the it's still in the graveyard right now, and in at the, in the, in the house right now. Plymouth Horizon. I said, "Grandma, you know me. I'm, a, I'm, I'm the baby. You know I'm gonna take advantage." <laughs> Grandma, can I drive? What? I'm twelve. Listen, I'm twelve. Grandma, can I drive? Baby, them keys right up there. She didn't even flinch. She said, "Just do me a favor." I said, "What? Don't drive in the ditch." That's all she said. I said, "What? I'm... What? Man, I'm out." <laughs> And for that day on, I became the favorite cousin from up north because I was 12 years old, picking up all my little cousins (laughs) in the Plymouth Horizon. And, you know, if anybody know about Gee's Bend, it's one circle all the way around. And guess what? At 12, all you had to do was go in a circle right? and don't go in a ditch. And I didn't go in a ditch and I kept going around in a circle. So, you know, I felt old and very privileged to be allowed to live freedom. That's one thing that G's been represent freedom. Some of our last names might be different, you know what I mean? But we all family. One thing that I loved about getting there, it was such a hug from everybody, whether you touched them or not. My parents' nickname. That's the an honor and a privilege to get a nickname from down south. A lot of people don't know that. You get a nickname, you earn a nickname, You they stick with you for the rest of your life. Nobody really know, ever know your real name, ever. They won't know your real name ever, swear to you they be like, who that is? Oh, that old bull boy. Don't don't know my name forever, but I love it. I answer to it every time. And I get the country talking when I get down. I hope they don't feel disrespected. But I talk just like they talk, because I feel at home. That's what it is. And whether I was born down there or not, that's home. G's Ben is home. Bloodline thicker than anything. Another thing that I love about G's Ben, they call it the whole, in, in a good way for me, you know what I mean, because once we get there, it's a long way to get there. But once you get there, you're there. You don't never see nobody go to no grocery store, but you always got some food. What? You don't never see nobody in the kitchen, but you always got some breakfast. You always got something to eat. You always see them pies. They just show up. <laughs> you eat, you go to sleep, you fight the fire ants. Then you eat again, then you go to sleep. Sounds like
0: they spared you from the actual going to town to go to the grocery store.
1: Well, when we went to uh, the Piggly Wiggly, all of that said and done, the cam didn't run. You know what I mean? To go down that long road. Because once you got in the hole, that road out was a long way out, man. You thought, you okay, you leaving, you ain't left yet. <laughs> People will blow them horn for two hours, you still in the hole, man. Am I lying? On that same road. And that's the most dangerous strip in America. We've lost that's a lot of family. My grandmother said don't go in a ditch. That's the ditch she talk about. Because them, them people that live down there, they know that street. You come from up north, they're going to run you right off the road into a ditch. And it may not be a good day for you. Back to what it of what I want to say about the whole, and then also, geez, Ben, it literally, literally is the foundation to everything that represents blackness. We got a story to tell, and I think the quilt itself is, is, is synonymous to that story. When you add bits and pieces, you make a whole, and when you literally live your life like that, you, you know you can't be defeated. It's not possible. It can't, it can't just be you. You need other people. Unfortunately, you'll find out by needing other people that you don't need everybody. Yeah, you'll have to let some people go. Some people that you thought you needed, you don't need them. They will give you the, the wind underneath your wings to fly. But by the time you realize it, maybe one of your wings might be wounded. If you take too long, don't take too long. At the end of it, the people left to tell your story. Hopefully, they won't have a lot to say because it'll tell itself. Legacy is everything. People don't understand that. It's the good you do on top of the earth that when you get to the bottom of it and you lay the rest, it'll speak for itself. Everybody else that try to tell your story for you, they ain't gonna tell it like it's supposed to be told. It's gonna speak for itself. Be kind to people. Leave a good legacy because the dirt that you give It'd be the dirt people shovel right on top of you. Speaking of legacy, when you
0: think of everything that you just said, and you started off by talking about your children. Right. And I know that you are a talker. Yeah. I know that you are a comedian. I know all of that. I know you don't play when it comes to your children. Absolutely. So when you think of your legacy, what is it? And obviously, you and your wife have instilled a lot in them because your children are doing some amazing things. But right. For young parents who might need some direction, what would you advise them to do based on everything that you've learned and the legacy that you have and that you're leaving?
1: What would you want to tell them about how they should raise their children? Great question. First of all, shout out to Tuskegee University, my alma mater, class of 96, HBCU life. I lived it. One of the greatest gifts that I had was to witness black folks get along. One of the scariest things literally is to be at peace and chaos. And and I'm gonna explain what I mean. When you're at peace and you look around and everybody looks looks just like you, but the world is telling you that. We're chaos, confused. You don't know how to greet your people because the world got you thinking we can't do this then all of a sudden it happens hey how are you brian from connecticut hey i'm so-and-so from new jersey then you become brothers over the course of time and you literally learn how to become young men men to be hopefully older men right and i'm telling you to a lot of my peers and people that i went to college with to their surprise i'm a good dad but all honestly it goes back to Jeez, Ben, my grandmother. Here's the jail Here's where I got it from. Ten, my grandmother. When I was there at twelve, this happened. I'm outside playing after a thunderstorm, by myself in the mud as I'm watching it bubble. And my grandmother, and my grandfather's having a secret meeting about me, but I could hear them. And they was like, "This boy, literally, love it down here." And I say to them. I could see, look, I'm a country city boy as I got my overalls on and one of my signature things, I did not wear shoes. I'll run on anything, barefooted. So I'm out playing in the dirt and here comes this dusty, rusty looking kid with mud all over him and he's just dirty and he's walking down that dirt road that we love to come down. It's a long road, but he get there and I'm looking at him. I don't recognize him and I'm looking at him. I'm still playing in dirt and he walked right past me and go on the house and he come out on the porch. My grandmother come on the porch. He go, ain't he married? So now he got my attention because he said ain't he. So I guess this is my cousin. Let me go see who this is. Ain't he married? My mama said to come down here and if I can get something to eat. Now, I looked at him. He ain't look like none of my cousins from my other cousin, my, my first cousin. You get what I mean? And I'm like, and from being from Connecticut, I got this selfish. Like, who he you think he is coming our house to eat some food? This is my first thinking, right? My grandmother to my shock goes to this boy. Go your butt in that kitchen. If you see anything in there you want to eat, you eat it. You eat it till you get full. I was so shocked. Like her? We don't know. I don't know. We don't. I don't know. You know him? Get what I mean? My first sign and act of kindness was given to me by my grandmother. Treat people like you want to be treated. He was hungry. She fed him. She had the food. Ear goes where I told you. When you go down south, you don't never see nobody really go to the grocery store. And you got groceries. That same act of kindness. When we blowing up the dirt road, that horn is honking all the way through Joey's Bend. Buddy home. Maxine here. Tangela here, Isaac here, Popeye here. You understand? Your nickname gets called out loud, and it resonates all the way through G's Ben. And guess what? Cars start pulling up and popping the trunk. Groceries. You think I'm lying? Groceries. I use that to try to raise my kids, and I'm going to also be honest. A man does what a man sees. I saw my dad struggle and raise three kids as one of his children. I imitated, I emulated all the things that I saw. I dress like him, I talk like him, I dance like him, I do a lot of things like him, good or bad. And that's where you get it from. Now, now I'm gonna tell you, parenting and my kids are doing wonderful things. I got a son, my oldest at UConn, my middle child is at Pace University, Manhattan, and my baby girl's in the tenth grade at Co-op High School in um New Haven, on her way to be. The next HBCU graduate on to get her master's. My first son has already got a job, already career lined up, and he's working already while he's in school. So that's a beautiful thing. My other son, is a, is a he loves dance. He's going to school for theater and all of that, and he's bound to be on TV soon. Um, and I say what I recommend to parents is try your best to be a parent. And when I say that, it's not easy. There's no rule book. One of the things that I, I do see that that I wish I could address on a whole level with other parents, stop allowing your kids to be grown when they ain't, they don't know nothing. Learn Teach them respect that we was taught. Respect elders, respect others. That's one of the things my kids do. Very respectful. That's why you get the response. Oh, I love your kids because they're used to what I'm used to. You don't know me. Shut up. That would have never happened in our generation, ever. Whether, uh, whether that adult was wrong or right, we, were, we didn't have nothing to say. And one of the times I learned it was when I was 12, back to that 12 moment. I learned a lot of things when I was in that hole for my grandmother. And the end of that story, unfortunately, my grandmother dies. So think about that moment in time. Did God know I needed to spend that time? That's the question that I now as an adult answer all the time because whether you want to hear it or not, that was my first insight to my gift. I just recently asked God to show me what my passion is and and, and my purpose. When I was 12, here's the story and here's the truth, whether you want to believe it or not, my wife is probably the only one alive that's bear witness to a lot of my miracles. And when I say miracles... I am definitely one of his children because he speaks to me daily. And that first instant was insight to my grandmother. And this might shock the world whether they want to hear it or not. As I'm driving up that road, my father's driving. I'm behind him. My mother's sitting in the seat. I have this vision at 12. And here's a true story. Visions is visual. I mean, so I'm literally looking at a mini movie in front of me at 12. And guess what it showed? My grandmother's porch, white bucket, and the door was open. That didn't seem anything tragic, did it? Not at all, right? Why would I even pick? But why is it so significant? Why, did, why do I got to see? What does this mean? My dad and them drops me off, and I have the time of my life for that whole week. And it wasn't longer than two weeks because the incident happened. And here's how it ends. I do all of what I'm doing and I see the act of kindness in my grandmother. Then all of a sudden, the next day, after that act of kindness, my auntie show up, her daughters. And all of a sudden, a whole cloud of sadness comes over me. Now I went from this kid that loved down south to something's wrong. Something's wrong. Are oh, we here to take you back to Montgomery to show you a good time. Now nah, I don't want to go. What you mean? This is a true story. What you mean? Yo, nah, no, we're going to go to the movies. We're going to take you all out. No, I don't want to go. This is how it goes. As I'm leaving with them, don't want to leave. My grandmother's laying on the couch holding her chest. I said, Grandma, are you coming with us? She says, no, nah, baby. I'll be here when you get back. You know what I said to her? No, you won't. And I left. Now, imagine, I'm 12. So now we go to the mall. True story. My aunt's buying me all this stuff. My dad's in the middle of Africa. Boy, what is wrong with you? I don't know, but something's wrong. Uh, they take me to the movies. I go on the movies. I'm in the movies crying my eyes out. Nobody sees me. Nobody sees me. I don't know what's wrong. I come out of the movies. I can't cry nothing. We go back to where my one of my aunt, Doris, comes to the porch with these I Look on her face. First thing I said, I told you he she ain't said nothing yet I say I told you the worst news in the world their mother, my grandmother had died and guess what I couldn't cry, it took us three hours to get back to the hole because they, they couldn't believe that their mother was dead and when we drive down a dirt road guess what I see the porch, the white bucket and the door open I jump out of the car and you know where the store is Tim my grandfather's store I ran up there and I couldn't stop crying. Nobody knew where I was at. nobody. twelve. that's when it first happened. You think it's mystical? I don't know because right after that, when I finally came from that store, they was looking for my grandfather and they was opening all the windows, so I'm learning the ways of our ancestors at the same time. What are y'all doing? We letting the spirit out. the wind. the oh my yo the the blinds was moving. It it literally seemed like there was spirits running through that house. You understand? Like, I seen this thing. My grandmother's dead, right? And they telling me about spirits. They's like, find your grandfather. This is a true story. I go looking for my grandfather. He's behind the house shaking. Ten. I don't even know why I did it. I'm 12. I put my hand on top of his head. Like I'm, you know, like I'm God or something, anointing somebody. And we both get a joke, like... And we both look at each other like, he's saying straight up, I stand straight up, and he literally stopped shaking, and he, like, gave me that look like, it's gonna be all right. And he walks back in the house. Ever since then, my connection to the man upstairs, per G's been more than spiritual. Everything I've been through, everything that that is, and that's, that's what I want to say the gift for me of G's, Ben, has been. And this is the final chapter. My grandfather... This is many years later. We in Connecticut. Grandfather got prostate cancer and metastasized to his brain. When we leaving, I'm driving. Everybody in the car, wherever we're at, we leaving in the next couple of hours, we out. Me, Bat, my uncle, my father, his sister, Eloise. And as my uncle Bat would say, I swear, I swear for God, I drove 100 miles an hour from Bridgeport to Jeeves Bend, Alabama. We got there so fast. Family needs, family in times of any time, good, bad, or ugly. One of my things I wanted to do was bring, you know, like we finally did, bring it all home for my kids to see what they really come from, you know? Jeez, Ben is definitely an important part of their history and their life and their bloodline. And I wanted them to meet their patriarch, you know what I'm saying, the matriarch, or their bloodline, as much as they could. And unfortunately, life has its own little things, but my grandfather's still alive. And unfortunately, the week is up, and we're kicking it. And my grandfather's not showing no signs of demise at all. So I, I hugged my granddaddy, and this was the most magical moment of my life. We hugged in front of the fireplace. And I said, granddaddy, I hate to leave you. And I said, one thing that I wanted to do was make sure you met my babies. You know what? I hug them, and I turned my head to the left how about there's a picture of my two boys on the fireplace mantel. And I hugged him like, whoa! I, I didn't know it was there. I said, you you met my babies. He's like, what you think? I know it's my babies. He said, my babies too. Listen to me. Do you understand the, the little, I'm, ser- I'm I'm getting excited now. This is what I said to him. I said, I'm going to see you on the other side. And I meant that. Hmm. The love we got for each other, we got to keep it strong. But at the end of the day, I know what I am. I'm a good person. So that's all you can be. Remember your legacy. This world is all you got left. Once you leave this earth, let your your story tell itself. Don't let nobody ever tell your story. Tell your own story by living a good life and being decent, period. The things you deserve, you'll get them. They'll come tenfold. Love you, cousin. I want to shout out my brother. He's not going to be able to tell his story. But he has told his story. And I want to tell his story with just a little second worth. His name is Sanford Laverne Petway. He matters a lot to why. (sighs) Yeah. I stick in when I, I really want to go. You know, there's times when I really want to go. But the thought of him makes me stick in there because his story tells itself. A lot of things that I was able to get and do it was because the wind he put underneath my wings. As an older brother, as a mentor, the world needs to know his message was this. Blackness is deep. Every night, every night, my brother would wake me up And say, blackness is deep, B. And we would have discussions till my mother would bang on the floor tell us to go to bed. And he would say to me, you on the right path, B. And I was like, what? He said, yeah, because I asked daddy the same question. And you responded the same way. Blackness is deep, B. I live it for him. I live it through him. I live for him, honestly. So shout out to Sanford Laverne Patway, my brother.
0: Keep doing Um, what you're doing, Brian. I know you're making him proud. And he's looking down on all of us.
1: I believe it, for sure.
0: And I want to thank our listeners for joining us today. And I hope that you've heard something that you you can carry with you to help the next generation.